much about a chip. <laughs> Tell them not to worry about the interest rate. The interest rate hasn't moved 2% in five years. Talk to you later. So, how you guys think you did on the test? All right, I guess. Yes. Most of those tests are culturally biased to begin with. The only part that's universal is the math. You boys must be hungry. I'm real surprised to see you down here. Came to see you. See how you doing? How's business going? Well, there's always business. Just not always in here. So, like, what do you do, Furious? I mean, what, you help people get money for their homes or what? Well, there is no or what. That's what I do, Rick. You boys want to see something? Do we have a choice? Outside bringing down the property value. It's these folk shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I know every time you turn on the TV, that's what you see. Black people selling the rock, pushing the rock, pushing the rock. Yeah, I know. But that wasn't a problem as long as it was here. It wasn't a problem until it was in Iowa and it showed up on Wall Street where there are hardly any black people. If you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? 
Y'all. Yeah. Young brothers like yourselves. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? You shoot the motherfucker if he don't kill me first. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You have to think, young brother, about your future. Huh? What's going on? You are now tuned into episode six of No One Watches the Regular News No More podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Bogar. And this episode is titled Furious Styles. Uh, this is a dedication or a, a tribute to my father who passed away on October 31st in 2005 of heart disease. He had a heart attack and uh, passed away. And on yesterday, I was thinking about my father when I was with my mother. My mother has gone through um, stage four cancer. She had to undergo surgery and have the cancer removed. She's doing very well now. And since then, she had to have a second surgery to do um, reconstruction on her job because the cancer was actually in, in her mouth. But she's doing very well. Um, and I was just thinking about my father yesterday. And and I was thinking about the movie Boys in the Hood, Furious Styles, uh, Styles who was Trey's father, played by, played by Cuban Gooden Jr., um, I was very jealous of Furious Styles because I wanted my father to be like Furious Styles, a brother who was knowledgeable, educated, talks very well, the cool dad, you know, the younger dad. Uh, my dad, dad was a little older. Um, I learned a lot from my father. He had a military background. He fought in the Vietnam War. He was a pilot in the Air Force. Uh, he didn't talk much about his experience in the Vietnam War. And I tend tend not to ask him any questions, but I knew that, you know, there were certain things that he saw that he did not want to discuss, and that was fine. But I learned a great deal from my father. I've learned a lot from him, um, work ethic, how to be a good man. He was a very quiet guy, didn't talk much. I'm the same way, quiet guy, don't uh, don't say a whole lot. Um, My father was a great example of, of what a man should be, and I was lucky enough to grow up around men, great role models, you know, my uncles, uh, I rem- I recall 7th, 8th grade um, high school, it was coaches that I gravitated towards that were like father figures to me, so I was fortunate enough to have a lot of good examples around me to where I can pattern myself after them, there was no excuses, you know, I didn't want to follow the drug dealer, the guy that was doing bad, you know, the bad examples. I wanted to follow the good example. So to me, black men have no excuse to where they don't have a male role model or someone they can look up to. They can find that, you know, the plumber, the electrician, you know, the guy that works the regular nine to five job, the entrepreneur, the guy that owns his own his own landscaping company. You know, those things are where black men, young, especially young black boys can gravitate two, you know, the positive male role, role, role models this and not the negative, you know, things you look to gravitate to and th- those things that influence you, which which is like lately it feels that way to a lot of where a lot of young boys and, and men are influenced by the negative things and they tend to hold on to those things more than, than they do the positive things. OK, um, so this episode is Furious Styles, a tribute and Dedication to my father, but also to um, I give tribute to my mother as well, who who has played a a huge role in my life. Um, both my father and my mother's work ethic rubbed off on me, and they are the main reason why I am 
where I am today if it was not for them. The first story, Trump tests positive for COVID-19. So this is almost a celebration. Some people are rejoicing. Some people are sympathetic towards them. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of people online not really care. So Trump tests positive for COVID-19, both him and the first lady. He's, he's feeling mild symptoms, uh, White House officials say. So President Donald Trump announced early Friday he and first lady tested positive for COVID-19. White House officials said Trump was feeling mild symptoms on Friday hours after the announcement. The announcement came after hours after it was reported that advisor Hope Hicks, with whom he had recently traveled, had been infected. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence and Second Lady Karen Pence both tested negative. Outpourings of support and well wishes for the president had flooded in for the president, who is 74 years old, in addition to the concerns about Trump's health. The positive test results raised many questions about the impact the development could have on this up-and-coming election, which is just 32 days away. So how do you feel about Trump uh, testing positive for COVID-19? You have around 207,000 Americans have died as a result of COVID-19. I know a lot of people personally that has been affected by it either personally or they had a family member who had passed away due to the COVID-19. So this tells me a lot about our current mind state as human beings. You know, even someone like Trump is not exempt from feeling the wrath of the, of the people and the, the cancel culture. You know, they want to kind of write off Trump as, you know, you get what you deserve after everything you've done. This is what you get. You test positive for COVID-19. So they're almost rejoicing. They're happy about it. And um, this should not be the response that people give because it proves that we are no different than those people we claim to uh, dislike and hate. Uh, we're no different. So, you know, treating this positive test of Trump is something to celebrate and rejoice is completely wrong and is not the avenue that you want to go down. Uh, but it just proves that in America we have kind of hit a low place to where we celebrate people's downfalls, their failures. These things should not be celebrated. Whenever somebody falls ill or sick, this should not be celebrated. A death should, should not be celebrated, you know, at any any point. Um, but it's proved that as Americans, we've, we've kind of hit a, a low spot far as our ability to understand and sympathize with people, have empathy, those things. Uh, this is a prime example of that. Now people are really happy and rejoicing that Donald Trump and First Lady have both tested positive for COVID-19. All right, so the next story we're going to is called, um, this was on CBSNews.com, Amazon eBay block sale of merchandise with Stand Back and Stand By. Now, for those that watched the uh, debate Tuesday, Trump said something, a phrase that people took as cold word or a hidden language, stand back and stand by, as a call to white supremacists and this group called the Proud Boys. Now, these guys walk around with, you know, with the flag and they support Trump and they support America. So they're seen as patriotic. But now what's happening is I, I've heard people say this patriotism what they're doing, they're kind of associating patriotism 
and you being proud of your country and they're associating that also too with the same ideology of white supremacy. Now, people forget that this country was not founded on principles of honesty and integrity and respect and treating people equal. That's not the case. America, when it first began from its inception, that was not the case. Um, So America has a history of discrimination, racism, uh, those things. So I can see why when you say certain or use certain code words or language is seen as racist. Stand back and stand by, you know, uh, again, this group, the Proud Boys, they are seen as patriotic. But also now patriotism is seen as somewhat racist and racism. That's what people are saying. So Amazon, eBay, and other online retailers are pulling merchandise from their sites with the words stand back and stand by and displaying of the uh, Proud Boys, a far-right extremist group. Shirts bearing the words crop up for sale after President Trump uttered the phrase on Tuesday night during the, the debate, referring to the white supremacist group during his debate with Democratic nominee candidate uh, Joe Biden. Individuals associated with the Proud Boys Online took Trump's directive as words of encouragement. The products displaying the phrase quickly made their way on sites, including Amazon and Teespring, and an online online platform that lets users create and sell their own merchandise. Uh, But Amazon began blocking sales of the items on Wednesday, and an Amazon spokesperson confirmed all sellers must follow our selling guidelines, and those who do not will be subject to action, including potential removal of their account. The products in question have been removed, the spokesperson said by email. The e-commerce company in the past has blocked accounts of those selling, selling items with Nazi or white supremacist symbols from its website. Amazon policy states that prohibited listings on its website include products that promote or glorify hatred, violence, racial, sexual, or religious intolerance or promote organizations with such views. Teespring also confirmed that it had yanked products with the phrase. It has come to our attention that content promoting hate and violence has been circulating on Teespring. The retailer told CBS Watch Money, Money Watch, we have no interest in profiting off hate or violence. In this case, we merely removed the designs as they violated our policy. So now you're seeing companies be very careful because they have such a large um, customer uh, support, like Amazon, eBay. So customers constantly buy from from Amazon and eBay all the time. So how would customers feel if they go on the website and they see items just promoting uh, hatred, violence, and intolerance of religion and these other things along the sexual line, racial line? Uh, customers would begin to to boycott, you know. Amazon, eBay, and Teespring, and, and not, you know, purchase items through them. So they will lose business. So companies are very careful to not associate with any of this intolerance. Uh, t-shirt bottoms and stickers with Proud Boys logo in the phrase, stand, standing by and stand back and stand by could be found on eBay as of Wednesday night. But as of Thursday afternoon, the items had been removed and the company issued an email statement later that day 
eBay has long-standing policies to manage the marketplace and prohibits offensive material that promote or glorify hatred, violence, or racial, religious, or gender intolerance. We take a hard line against any listing attempting to spread hate and discrimination. The company stated in an email to CBS Money Watch, in line with this policy, we are re- removing items on our marketplace that uh, make reference to Proud Boys image or title. So, again, uh, companies are being very careful, especially after Tuesday, you know, these shirts are being made. Um, they support that type of rhetoric and grammar. And, it, and it, it makes sense to them, but they don't want to support these things and be aligned with uh, these things that's promoted online. And, you know, and customers are, are allowed to walk around with T-shirts on because it shows that you're willing to ignore other people's views and how they feel. Meanwhile, you think that your view should be the only view that would be upheld. So if one disagree with how people are being treated in America, the other person says, I disagree, and they are not even understanding why they feel that way. So if someone says, look, human rights is a huge problem in America. People constantly have the human rights violated. A person that supports America and and is a proud American, a patriot, would disagree and say, no, I don't see it that way. So you have in, a intolerance and one side is not willing to understand the other. So they don't want to tolerate how they feel and their viewpoints about police and about America. But one thing that we can agree on, and history supports this, that ever since the inception of America... Things have not been so smooth and uphill for everybody. Let's just be honest and be real about history. When it comes to history in America, ever since its its inception, ever since its inception, human rights being violated has always been an issue. And we know this. So we can stop front and get off our high horse and and stop making it seem like that's not the case. Even in 2020, we still have these issue that pop up when it comes to race and religion you know we see people that are are not willing to even tolerate or be around people they disagree with and if you cannot have a a dialogue or communicate with people you disagree with how can you grow as a nation and that's going to be the downfall in America if people can't come to the table and have a dialogue and fix issues you know, every single great nation that failed, it didn't fail because of outside issues. It failed because of inside issues. Things that were not fixed that the people could have fixed. People have the power to make change. However, if those people are willing to not bend or compromise or sacrifice, you're going to see these issues continue, the eternal affairs. You know, these things are going to keep happening over and over again, and you won't see any any change whatsoever. Now, the next story is about LeBron James, uh, one of the greatest basketball players of of our era. Um, I grew up watching Michael Jordan, Al Iverson, and Kobe Bryant. But of this generation, LeBron James is probably, is probably one of the best basketball players of all time. He has made his 10th finals appearance. Uh, he's only... He's only won three times, two with Miami, one with Cleveland, but he's on track to maybe winning his fourth title. And 
it seems like LeBron James is still in his prime and he's not stopping. He has no sign of, of slowing down. You know, it seems like Father Time has not really caught up to him. He's not really suffered any serious injury. Uh, a while back, LeBron James said a few things uh, after, I think it was the police shooting of, uh, no, the, I think it was the death of George Floyd. And LeBron James said um, that black people in America should be afraid. I disagree with that belief, that assessment. I don't think black people should walk around America afraid because you don't want to be in that vibration. You know, you don't want to be walking around afraid of police, afraid of what white people do to you. It's not like that. So I think he was informed when he said, he misinformed when he said that. It's just that with everything going on, certain uh, black people feel some kind of way towards law enforcement that's understandable. Uh, but that's not the case. Black people are not walking outside and they're being harassed every single day by cops. That's, that's not the the case but in this article LeBron James buys Beverly Hills mansion for 36.75 million dollars so it does not seem like LeBron James is afraid uh, as a six foot eight black man I don't think as much you should be afraid of that's just my belief King James has a new castle the Lakers star who is currently competing for NBA championship in Florida just bought a, a it says a Mediterranean style compound in the Beverly Hills post office area for $36.75 million according to the multi, multiple listing service. Uh, a spanning 2.5 acres, the property was sold by the estate of Lee Philip Bell, the talk show host, the young and the restless co-creator who died earlier this year. It says the, the big deal marks a eastward move for James, who also owns a pair of homes in Brentwood. One that he bought for $21 million in 2017 and the, and the other that he picked up two years later for $23 million. So it's not much that LeBron James should be afraid of. As a, as a very wealthy, rich black man in America, there's not much that he should be afraid of. Uh, he's doing very well for himself in America right now. And he can thank that to, uh, due to his talent, man. He used his talent to be able to get out of poverty and make it. And ever since LeBron was in high school, he was being looked at. You know, the next big thing, the chosen one. So LeBron James had definitely made his mark uh, in the NBA, but also uh, building generational wealth for his family. And that's one good thing that I can say that when you look at LeBron James and a lot of athletes that do make it, they do build generational wealth for the children. And that should be your main goal is to be able to leave something for your children, your wife, your grandkids, something that they can be proud of. And LeBron James has done that. So I view him as a great role model. You know, he has not been in, in any trouble. Sometimes he says things that uh, are misinformed he's not really informed i wish that a lot of athletes kind of stay away from certain topics even entertainers rappers uh, not saying that you should just be quiet and play basketball i'm not saying that i'm saying that sometimes you can accidentally misinform people by saying something and it does not sound educated 
You know, no, um, the exact same way as LeBron James saying that black people should be afraid or they're afraid, you know, it shouldn't be that way. You know, he's one of the few that made it, and that's one thing that black people should look at and say, well, he made it and it was successful. So whatever I put my mind to and I'm good at it, I can make it. Not, not saying that everybody could be a basketball star, an NBA champion. When, when James retired, he's going to be one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. Not saying that you can be that. I'm saying whatever you do and you're good at it, that's what you should, you should strive to do. Whether you are an artist, an actor, whatever it, it might be that you are good at in life. If you are a young black man, a young black boy, seeing LeBron James and just use it as inspiration and say, man, um, if he made it to the NBA, I can be anything that I set my mind to. So he buys a $36.75 million mansion in Beverly Hills. If that does not say that you have achieved the American dream, I don't know what says. A lot of people that live right here in America never achieved the American dream. The goal overall is to achieve the Achieve the American dream. LeBron has achieved that. His family will will reap the benefits of his hard work and what he has accomplished. They took and passed down that wealth to their children. And that's one thing that I can look at LeBron James and say that I love, I love about the guy. Is his hard work has paid off. He's an example for a lot of young black men. And despite some of the, the things that he has said that seem misinformed, that don't matter. I, I just wish that they'll point people in the direction of people that do know that when they do talk, they are more informed than they are about certain subjects and not just saying anything and everything because they feel like, well, my opinion can influence people or, or, or it matters. Sometimes you can misinform people and that's where you want to stay away from. But nevertheless, LeBron James... Man, uh, good job, man, on buying a $36.75 million mansion in Beverly Hills. All right, so the next story is uh, a year after Amber Geiger found guilty of Bolton Jean murder, lawmakers propose Bowles Law. A group of North Texas lawmakers have announced a new police and criminal justice reform bill called the Bolton Jean Act or Bowles Law. Now, for people that say that there is no progress being made when it comes to criminal justice reform, they always say, well, the system is broken. It has to be progress first. It has to be people have to want to make a change. You know, uh, stop saying the system is broken. This is I call this a something that low life people will say. You're constantly complaining about the system is being broken. No laws are changing. This is a, an example of that, a criminal justice reform bill called the Bolton Jean Act or Bowles Law. Now, Thursday marks the, the uh, one-year anniversary of a jury finding now former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger guilty of the murder of Bolton Jean. Geiger went to the wrong floor of her apartment and entered Jean's apartment thinking it was her own. Now, it still has been questions raised of how did she into the apartment one of the, the things where the door was left open other people were saying there was no way the door would have been left open because the door 
uh, just by itself. Um, she shot and killed Gene thinking he was an intruder in his own apartment. You know, people again, people still wonder how did she enter the apartment? Did they know each other? They actually ruled that out as not possible. Um, they didn't they didn't know each other. So we didn't really get the full scoop of how did this woman enter his apartment? She shot and killed Gene thinking he was intruder. A Geiger was sentenced to just 10 years in prison. Now a year Later, a group of North Texas lawmakers have announced a new police and criminal justice reform bill called the Bolton Gene Act or Bowles Law. If passed, Bowles Law would address police body and dash camera camera recordings and amend the state's castle doctrine. Um, Carl Sherman explained Bowles Law would clarify the language in the castle doctrine so that it would be not so that it would not be used to allow someone to protect what they perceive or mistakenly think is their home. So in this case, Amber Geiger thought that she was in her apartment and she shot and killed Gene in his own apartment, thinking it was hers. Uh, we believe that every person should continue to be allowed to protect their home, yes, their home, from an attacker, but the Castle Doctrine should protect the victim not the perpetrator. So the law, even though Amber Geiger says she entered the apartment, the law should not protect her. It should protect him. It's his property. It's his home. Uh, during her murder trial, Geiger defense asked the jury to consider that Geiger believed she was defending her own, her home, even though she was, it was a mistake. It, she was mistaken. It was not her home. The proposal would also amend castle doctrine to include a duty to retreat if possible to retreat safely, which I think is to be true. You ha you should have the opportunity to retreat first, retreat to safety. If the person pursues you, then you use deadly force. If if I'm in my home and someone breaks in my home, I have every right to protect my home. Now, nobody wants to shoot and kill nobody. So I give the intruder a fair warning. I'm armed. I do have my gun. Leave my house now. I'm giving you the opportunity to leave my house now. If you do not leave, I will be forced to use deadly force against you and take your life, if I need be. Bose Law would also address body cameras, camera usage. Body cams in Bose Law must be turned on and cannot be turned off during the middle of an investigation. Sharman said it protects the integrity of the men and women who wear the badge. Yes, because you want to know if, are you doing the job correctly? And did you do what you say you did? Did, did it happen the way that it happened? Or are you telling me a lie? Testimony in Geiger's trial revealed Dallas Police Association President Mike Matta asked another officer to turn off a camera inside a squad car. That should be not allowed. That cannot be allowed. At the scene of the of the shooting, so Geiger and Mata could speak privately. No, everything. If a crime takes place, that camera must stay on. If you turn it off, you just violated a policy right there. This is how you start holding these cops accountable. You're doing your job. One of the requirements if, is for you to wear a body cam. That body cam cannot be turned off during an investigation. That body cam stays on. So. They can see what's happening. So you're not having some private conversation. You're not messing with evidence. 
You're not doing anything wrong, like it said, to protect the integrity of men and women who wear the badge. So it helps you do your job better so then people in the public trust you more. This is the problem with cops. People have an issue trusting law enforcement because they believe they're doing dirty things. Uh, Matza said Geiger was going to take a call from her attorney and had the right to attorney client privilege. Uh, State Senator Roy, uh, Royce West, uh, Royce West, Dallas said Bo's law would add a the penalty for anyone who ended a police body camera or dash camera recording during an investigation under most circumstances. The bill will be uh, filed ahead of the start of the next legislative session in January. I, I agree with this law 100%. Cops that behave in an inappropriate way should be held accountable. If you break policy, if you break protocol, you should be held accountable. This is to protect the officer and also protect the person that's involved. So that way, there's no trust being broken. Like I said, the integrity of the men and women who wear the badge. It has to, you have to start holding these people accountable. That's why people feel some kind of way towards them. Because they feel like, man, they are ne- never held accountable for anything they do. They are allowed to break protocol, procedures, everything else, and still walk away. And just get 10 years like she did. Because she believed that she was defending her home, and it was not her home. So as a result, uh, Bolton Jean is shot and killed in, in his own apartment by an officer, a Dallas police officer, a professional who, and even if you're a cop, it takes an, an exceptional person. Now, anybody should be able, allowed, be able to even be allowed to be a cop. It's an exception. You have to be an exceptional person to be a cop. And that's one other thing that's an issue is you cannot keep allowing anybody to be a police officer. That's why I say that both black men and black women should want to become police officers. So these things could not happen so much and that we don't complain so much about it being so many white officers when it's it should be black and more diverse and okay then more black women and black men should become cops what happened to Bolton Jean is is unfair and for her to just, to just get 10 years and for her to even make the argument well I thought it was my home that's not a, an excuse you can use based on your occupation a firefighter cannot say well I can't go into that burning house and rescue those people because I'm afraid when you took the occupation, you knew the danger that came with it. Accept it. And that's all I'm saying. But again, hopefully, uh, you know, this, we stop making excuses and, and stop saying that the system is broken and no one cares. Uh, no, it's, things are happening right now. This causing change. So stop making excuses for what you think is not working for yourself. All right, so we have reached our last story for this podcast. Um, and it kind of raised a question about the wealth gap in, in America that, you know, I've read about in, in books. And um, it's definitely a wealth gap when it comes to 
black and white people. Uh, this article is in Business Insider. There are 614 billionaires in the United States, and only seven of them are black. So that leaves us 607 people who are billionaires and who are not black. But only seven of them. Only seven of them are black. Um, and this is what the article says. Uh, the lack of diversity in the three comma club highlights the growing wealth gap between black and white Americans. Uh, all seven of the billionaires on this list are self-made, although their sources of wealth range from finance to technology to entertainment. Again, only seven of the United States 614 or 615 billionaires are black. Forbes billionaires list shows, okay? It's not easy for anyone to become a billionaire. Of course not in America, but it's likely even harder if you're black. Only seven of the United States 614 billionaires are African-American. Forbes billionaires list shows. The staggering low number of the American billionaires that identify as being of African descent highlights the widening uh, gap between the, the the economic gap between opportunities afforded to black and white Americans. In 1992, the median net worth of white families was 100,000 above that of black families, according to McKinsey. By 2016, the median white family was $152,000 wealthier than its black counterpart. During that period, the median wealth of white families grew $50,000, McKinsey reports, but the median wealth of black families did not grow at all in, in uh, real terms. The United States is facing a national reckoning over racism. As cities across the country are erupted in protests over the past few weeks following the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, and Breonna Taylor. However, the diversity problem among the world's wealthiest people isn't just an American one. Only 13 of the 2,153 people on the Forbes 2019 billionaire list were black. Uh, the magazine reported in 2018 that number was 11. Forbes didn't publish a racial breakdown of its 2020 billionaire's list. Keep reading to learn more about the America's Black Beaners listed in ascending order of net worth. So the first one is Tyler Perry, uh, the newest Black Beaner. So it was recently uh, an article was published. The Tyler Perry is the newest Black Beaner. His net worth is one billion. His source of, his source of wealth is film and television. He's known for his movies as playing Medea. Um, the other guy. Jay-Z grew the proceeds from his music career into a billion-dollar fortune with smart investments. His net worth is a billion. Source of uh, wealth, music, and investments. Jay-Z has made numerous albums, and he's one of the most popular rappers in the world. Um, number five, Kanye West may be known as a musician, but he owns his membership in three of the comma club to his street... Uh, Wearline, his net worth, $1.3 billion. Source of wealth, music, streetwear, brand Yeezy. So Kanye West is, is a husband of Kim Kardashian, for those that, that don't know. Um, Michael Jordan used his success as a basketball player to build a best-selling footwear brand. 
His net worth, 1.6 billion sports endorsements. Michael Jordan is the six-time NBA champion, one of the greatest of all time. Number three, Oprah Winfrey made a multi-million dollar fortune from her media empire. Her net worth is 2.5 billion. Source of wealth, media. Uh, one of the films that I most remember her from is The Color Purple. Number two, David Stewart built his fortune running an IT service provider that counts city, Verizon, and federal governments as clients. His net worth is $3.7 billion, source of wealth, information technology services. Number one investor, Robert F. Smith, is the richest black man in the country. $5.2 billion is a net worth, source of wealth, private equity. So... Black people don't have to be an actor or entertainer or rapper like Jay-Z. You got Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey. You can be like Robert F. Smith. You can be like David Stewart, man. Um, it's other ways to build your wealth, your empire. But we live in an age now to where people want it so fast. They want fast money so fast. And you got people that lie and scheme now to become wealthy, become rich. Um, but... This tells that it's a big wealth gap between black and white people and the median household income has dwindled for black people and it's not really catching up for black people. Uh, but when you see Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, Jay-Z, Kanye West, Michael Jordan, you look at David Stewart and Robert F. Smith, you see promise, you see future, you see potential. And that's what black people we should, have to, we should look at. You know, uh, don't focus too much on the wealth gap because what it does is it plays into their low life mindset to where you begin to blame white people for everything. And uh, we are not in, in a position to where we can sit still and just blame white, white people for all the problems of the world. That's not how it should go. Uh, so we should use these only seven billionaires, black billionaires, as a is a motto, is inspiration to strive to be like. That's what I'm saying. So in this episode, episode six, titled Furious Styles, a tribute to my father, um, George Larry Bogart is his name. He died in 2005 on October 31st of heart disease. Uh, he had a heart attack. So this episode was dedicated to him, a tribute to him, um, I used to always want my father to be like Furious Styles in Boys in the Hood because he was so knowledgeable and smart and educated black man. And I think all black men should be like that to where there's someone that a younger black boy or a younger black man should look up to and want to be like. That positive male role model, that influence, that positive influence, that's what he should be like. And again, this is episode six, man. No one watches regular news, no more podcasts. I'm your host, Kerry Bogor, and I will be back real soon for episode seven. So stay tuned, y'all.